Welcome back, and it's time for me to give Siander some feedback uh, based on what we've heard and what we've seen so far. So, first of all, a big congratulations. Well, I, I've, you know, I really believe you've created something relatively unique and, and differentiated in the market. Um, and but I do, on the other hand, feel that somehow you you haven't got the traction. I believe you you should should have. So during the break, I was thinking about like why that is. Mm. And from my perspective, it's a positioning issue. It's where you've positioned the brand. So I is this um, aimed at tourists? Mm. Is it aimed at uh, somebody local who's proud of, of their heritage? Is it aimed at uh, how fashionistas who want something very different and something quite unique? Who's it aimed at? And it feels like it's aimed at all of those. It mm -hmm. sounds like I've got a retail store here. Mm -hmm. um, I've got DJ Spoo who's done this with it. I've tried to get to the UK market and the German market. Like it feels like all over the place. And 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 for me, that's that that is the the problem. And and my my view is very much like entrepreneurs going into trying different products mm -hmm. in different markets, thinking the more. Um, fishing rods they have out there, the more fish they'll catch. Mm. The opposite is true. The more focused they are, the more fish they're going to they're going to catch. So in in my in this is just my opinion. It just based on the nine minutes of, of questions. So and the two minutes of viewing. In my opinion, your positioning is is wrong. And if I were sitting in your shoes, I would decide on where my positioning is. And given the uniqueness and given actually the qualitative feel of your product it has a quality look and feel i would definitely move it up market so you talk about a pair of shoes being three thousand rand right a pair of uh, uh, boots being mm. three thousand rand if you think about a pair of nike shoes can cost you three thousand rand mm. and that's sort of um, maybe a little bit more than average expensive uh, ones so two and a half thousand three thousand rand so your your pricing point has to equate to to your positioning. Pair of sh if it's going to be a high end, it needs to be five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand, nine thousand rand. That needs to be the positioning for 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 that for that price point for the positioning of the product. Then somebody who's coming in from overseas, who's a big artist, is, when they're converted into into pounds or into euro into whatever the case may be, they're going okay. This is a high-end brand. There's an equivalence that the price equals the, the brand positioning. So your pricing and your positioning have to, to, to be, uh, to be in alignment. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's there. So if you look at the local market, the question is how much of the local market is prepared to pay? I'm going to use that 9,000 rand price point for a pair of shoes. My guess it won't be a lot. Yeah. And then there might be the cultural association of blankets to do with mourning, etc. Yeah. That might have another uh, a piece of influence there, a negative piece of influence. So that means your only real market, in my opinion, is the international market who will look at this and look at the uniqueness, see it from, uh, from an African traditional perspective. Look, it, it has, as I said earlier, qualitative look. It has a very high qualitative look because it's a blanket. It's got that... That, that, that check in it that um, oh, um, and uh, we understand that different colors mean different things and we, we understand and I think most of the international market also understands that these 
different patterns mean different things, and that needs to be part of the, the brand positioning. So let's move there. So what I'm saying, so step one, position is decide on positioning. Now step two, decide on price. Step three, decide on the market for that. My view is market is international. That's why you, uh, when we spoke about your website, your website and your social media need to now be pointing in the right direction of the market that's be prepared to pay. So now it comes back to if you're selling the shoe at 9,000 Rand, or, or let, let's move that into dollars. Mm. Let's, call, uh, let's call that, um, what's that, $500. I'm just, uh, let's say it's more, $600. If, you, if it's selling for $600, then, um, then the, 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 you have to compare what a $600 shoe would be in, a, in, a, in the British market, in the German market, in the Italian market, etc. And the look and feel needs to be equivalent and the packaging needs mm -hmm. to be equivalent. So the next is now the, the branding and the brand, the brand story. Now you've got the brand story, you've got the, now you've got the peg, um, uh, you've got the peg there, and then you've got the, which competes in my mind, it competes with the narrative of the, uh, of the, the blanket. It, so it's somehow, I, I, I can't think of it right now, you have to integrate the peg and the blanket narrative together because you've got two narratives ru running together. So then we get the brand story right together with the peg, and then we start aiming all our marketing straight through into the international market. Now, now you, when you're selling it at $600 or 9,000 Rand and it's costing you, I'm just saying 2,000, now cash flow isn't an issue. Now you take the 7,000 and you pump that back into it. And the last real point now is once we've got, uh, we've got the brand story, we've, we've positioned it, we've priced it, etc., is the signature. Because what I can now copy you. If you start becoming um, really famous there, I can go and get that blanket, mm. I can go and copy you as well. So there has to be, you have to bring you into into the Sianda has to be brought into you, the brand, have to come into it. And these each pair of shoes is signed by you or has got a specific nuance, a specific signature that you've added that's unique to that brand. So I'm saying not Pret-a-Porter, not ready to wear. I'm saying, in my opinion, where this is positioned, the fact that your local market is blocked and, and I'd go international and, and uh, highly designed. That's why I was asking, how do you make the shoe? Is if you make it from scratch, I'll make you a pair of shoes, I'll make you a pair of shoes, I'll make you a pair of shoes. Just, or, or boots or whatever, or outfit made by Sianda. And that's it. Lots to think about. I be, uh, so, so I think it would be good for you to <laughs> come <laughs> back and watch this again. Lots yeah. of information. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, uh, that was uh, also good information for anyone out there who was uh, facing the same issues. And now, based on this interview, I'll also share some pointers with you a bit later in the show. But up next is, our, is the start of our new series on how to build an FMCG brand from scratch. Step one is to design the product, and uh, my guest is Ryan Chef-Lurie, the founder of Namia Japan. In studio with us today, we have uh, Ryan Chef-Lurie. I'm sure that's not his uh, middle name. Uh, obviously, maybe his uh, nickname. And he's uh, founder and MD of a company called Namia Japan, which is a high caffeine content drink. And we're going to be talking about uh, building an FMCG brand from scratch. FMCG stands for fast moving consumer good. 
and uh, many of us entrepreneurs out there are trying to build brands and we've asked Ryan Lurie to come into studio over the next uh, 11 or so weeks to help us think through how to build a fast-moving consumer good brand. Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, so it is a nickname. My middle name is David. Okay. All right, Chef. Um, right, so let's, let's start off today by talking about product design. We have to start off with designing the product, right? So when designing a product, there's a couple of things to look at. Um, we're not talking about the brand, the, the packaging design, we're talking about the actual design of a product. So, you know, you can choose many different routes and you can choose how to build it. The most important thing is making sure that the ingredients that you're going to use for your, for your product within that brand or for your products within that brand are freely available, that there are alternatives, that the costs are not too variable, that you're able to secure supply um, and that you're able to, to find alternatives when it's not available. Those are major factors when deciding on what you're going to do to build it. And the reason for that? Well, you know, what ends up happening is, is that if, if supply or demand of, of certain ingredients that go into it um, alter or there are uh, economic uh, factors that happen or things overseas where, where, there's, where there's no imports happening, you need to be able to quickly and, and with some agility actually redesign and redevelop because you're going to have people buying your product and all of a sudden you create a demand. If you're successful at what you do, you create a demand. And if there aren't raw ingredients, then you can't fulfill that demand either, which becomes a big problem. And you lose customer loyalty, which is so, so important in trying to build an FMCG brand. Thanks, uh, Ryan. David Lurie, not Ryan, Chef Lurie. Uh, they're talking to us about building an FMCG brand and uh, talking about the importance today about uh, making sure that you uh, have got consistency in the uh, recipe of all the ingredients that uh, are used in order to put your brand or your product together. We'll be back straight after this. <music> 